your snowcats ready and get over here. Right now? You darn tootin'. Don't you know it's time for the governor's weekly address? Live from the Situation Room of his lakefront chateau, he's bringing a little color to the voice of Minnesota sports talk and worldwide. His mama calls him Vince, but you can call him Governor. And by way of executive order, he's serving real sports fans a dose of sports done right. And he's loose! What's going on, everybody? Where to even begin? Where to even start tonight? Man, we... Ugh. Lots to talk about as usual. Oops, I'm trying to adjust some mic levels here. I hope that is a little bit... Whoops, a little bit better. All right, I am Vince Wright, sports governor from the state of Minnesota. And this is Sports Done Right. Another... Madcap edition. Oops, sorry. Okay, all kinds of stuff popping off here tonight. Um, all kinds of stuff, man. I just we're gonna be all over the place here. I apologize for the early start, but I got some stuff popping off that I have to deal with tonight. Um, let's see. Other than that, I mean, where to even begin? Where to even begin tonight? Um, so, Big Ben, BS3 Radio. We got Sarah from South Minneapolis checking in. Shannon checking in from Hudson, Wisconsin. And we also have um, Colleen coming in. She listens by way of Maple Grove, Minnesota. Hey, Vince, first time listening last week. Phenomenal show. Keep up the good work. And I agree with you wholeheartedly. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Um, Colleen and keep listening. Keep listening. Um, oh man. I, <laughs> first off, excuse me, cause trying to do this, uh, I came right from work, which is about 20 feet away from me in my living room uh, had some things run over so I'm really just trying to play catch up here on sports done right but I am Vince Wright the sports governor you can follow me on Twitter at the big smooth one that's the number one after the big smooth follow us on Facebook sports done right that's W R I G H T 
my last name. You can also follow us on Instagram at the same name, Sports Done Right there as well. And tonight we're going to get into it. We're going to talk about being tone deaf. Are you tone deaf with everything that's going on? Tone deafness used to refer to music, (laughs) right? Used to refer to music. But man, let me tell you something here, because we're kind of going to be all over the place. Tone deaf refers to, are you hearing me? Are you listening to me? I've had plenty of friends now over this past almost two weeks with the death of George Floyd and obviously um, the, the protesting and everything that arrived from that. People getting together, talking about this. And it, it really is just amazing that when you try and fight racism, you start seeing people's true colors. You start sitting, getting that, that pushback. That slight little, ah, oh, well, you know, it ain't me, so I'm not going to worry too much about it. But um, we've talked about the intersection of sports and culture. That is now forever intertwined. That ain't going nowhere. So for all you shut up and dribblers and or shut up and play, shut up and dribble people out there, those days are gone and you're going to have to get used to that. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. It is just amazing the pushback you get when you try and, and, and fight racism. But now, now we are starting to see people's true colors. I want to say what up to uh, Doc Bell, Angry Black Man. Appreciate you popping in here as always. So on a personal level, I, and I'm not using names or anything. So if people are out there worried about that, that don't worry. But this is the, the issue when it comes to race, nobody wants to talk about it or the people who need to talk about it. Don't want to talk about it because then they are feeling threatened. Why are you coming at me? Listen, the NFL has apologized for their stance on Kaepernick. Funny. However, they do not mention Kaepernick by name, but that's what it was. You heard Goodell's speech. Uh, we, we protest with you. We stand with you and all that. But does it fall on deaf ears? Well, you've been, quote unquote, tone deaf for the past four years with Colin Kaepernick. A Navy, or excuse me, Navy, an Army Ranger, Army Green Beret, excuse me, was the one who said, hey, what you're doing is kind of disrespectful, especially to us veterans just sitting here on the bench. Why don't you take a knee? We we went over this last week and we've discussed this before. But now people are so entrenched in their in their positions, they can't even hear now. People don't want to listen. So tonight it's not so much about sports as it is the intersection of sports and culture and politics. Because nothing's changing in terms of that. You want these guys to just play games for you? That's done. We're going to discuss a whole myriad of issues tonight from the University of Iowa, from Clemson University today with Dabo Sweeney and his comments. Um, Craziness. 
craziness and the pushback from people. You know, one on, the, on one hand, people, and, and I'm just telling you, they have come to me, Vince, I want to learn. Gov, I want to learn. You know, I, I you know, I'm not, I'm not a racist, but, you know, I, I definitely don't have your experiences. Okay, cool, fine. But part of that is listening and processing what you're hearing. Because in the age of social media with them with the fingers, everybody's just flipping it right off. Just here's what I think. Type it out, bam. I have seen some really disgusting posts on Facebook and Twitter and and not so much Instagram, but you, you get where I'm going with this. As Ben says, yep, in our in our Spreaker.com chat room, we are seeing true colors. Damn right, Ben. So now those people, those true colors are, are being questioned and brought out, and, and that light is shining on it. And it's about time. Now. So many different avenues, so many different perspectives to cover this from. Here's the thing. Sports done right, myself. If you want to have an honest and, and open discussion, we are definitely down from that. For that, excuse me. But if you're going to come in and troll and, and just kind of, you know, say some bullshit just to get the crowd going then you really have no interest in learning. <laughs> ben, right on. Facebook is not the place to share all your feelings. Some miserable people on social media brings you down when you read their posts all the time. Woe is me, woe is me. I get it. Life throws you some bullshit. But man, every day, I know there's a couple people I know on my feed, just every day it's just something negative and this and that and and, you know, again, feel for you. But after a while, man, it's like, come on, get up, do something about it. And that's what you're seeing from the athletes of today. And part of this also, and again, this is sports done right here with the sports governor of Minnesota, Vince, right? This is a generational change as well. I am now, and, and I hate to admit it, but I'm a 51-year-old black man in America. 51 years old now and things that were accepted or cool or whatever when I was coming up you can't do you can't say nowadays now some of it man you know political correctness and all that but some of it is just an evolution as well so when you tell these athletes to shut up and dribble or just go play football or or entertain me well how does that sound that comes off almost as a as a slave mentality. Just perform for me and go about your business. But they're not doing that anymore. So now, how do you come together? How do you keep this movement going beyond George Floyd and keep it up? And that's going to require constant pressure, constant talking, and quite honestly, not looking back anymore. People are moving forward and if if you think fighting racism and injustice is a bad thing, you got to check yourself in the mirror. Hopefully you can be helped, but if not, I don't know what to tell you. 
Things are not going back to the way they, they were. Amazing how the world changes in two weeks. But it's not going back, people. It is not going back. Are you tone deaf? You know, I've had people come up to me. I've seen on, on Facebook, say, uh, one post will say all the right things. Yes, this was horrible, and then we need reform, and this, this, and that. And then the next post, um, hey, by the way, did you hear George Floyd? Uh, did you see his criminal record? Did you see, uh, he's, a, he's a bad guy. People are talking out of both sides of their neck. And everybody is feeling it and everybody's riled up. All sides. You see um, the president invoking the name of George Floyd when talking about the economy. You have people talking about defunding police departments. We're going we're gonna to talk about that briefly here in a second. And... I mean, everybody is just out there right now and and out there with their feelings. And I I like it. I like people who are finally stepping up, speaking up. And you don't necessarily have to have lived my experience. But if you want to help, I'm down with you. If you truly want to help, come on aboard. What up, Trey Frazier, Maestro, Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast. Make sure you're checking them out as well. Um, friends for a long time, love their show. They do a great job. They tackle talk topics head on. So make sure you're checking out the Barbershop Sports Talk podcast, as well as BS3 Radio, and as well as posting in the paint with ABM. Don't forget that as well. Um, AB, whoops, hold on one second. I really believe local municipalities will be the grassroots of law enforcement reform. Yes, totally agree, ABM. Here's the thing. I'm going to put on my political scientist hat because that is kind of a hobby of mine. I am deep into politics on a different level than most, though. I'm, I'm really crunching numbers. I crunch numbers. I, I, I really get into why people are voting the way they're voting, all that stuff. But it, with that being said, when you talk about, quote unquote, defunding the police department, I, I, it scares me with that term. And I think James Claiborne, uh, the representative from South Carolina, came out today and said, you got to kind of come out with a new name for it. Because when you say defund the police department, people get scared. And that politically plays into Trump's hands, the president's hands. Because that's how he's positioning himself, the law and order guy. Look at all these rioters out here. All these people destroying your homes, coming for you. And I'm going to save you. So when you so when you start throwing defunding and abolish police departments, I get listen. Understand, but I personally am not for abolishing a police department because I don't know what that means. When I go to a Gophers game hopefully this fall, does that mean, I mean, obviously they've cut off ties to the Minneapolis Police Department, but, um, you know, if you live in Minneapolis and somebody assaults you, who who are you calling? You know, I think there's been so many um, things that have been put out there about, hey, you know, there's not going to be any police. 
So now conservatives riled up, Democrats riled up. No, and, and we're all we want is the truth. What okay, so what does defunding the police really mean? You gotta go do the research. I saw today as well. It looks like the Minneapolis Police Department is going to require officers to start getting their own liability insurance as well. Good move because the city, after the millions upon millions upon millions that they've paid out, who knows? I mean, speaking as an insurance professional, their rates are going up too. So um, I agree with uh, Doc Bell, the ABM, local municipalities. Grassroots efforts. Let's sit down and have the conversation. Because right now, everything's on the table. You know, you got police departments across the country. We've talked about this last week. We know the history. But man, to abolish a police department is one thing. Um, So do your research on defunding and let's have that conversation. I think... You know, what I hear is, yeah, who am I going to call when this happens? What happens if I hear a shooting? Do I call a grief counselor as opposed to the cops? Or And I'm not trying to be funny. I am not trying to be funny. These are legitimate questions that are being asked here and in other departments. Not sure the defunding police departments is a good idea, says I assume Trey with Barbershop uh, here in our chat room. Yeah, I, I hear you, man, but... We It is a conversation that needs to be had. Not that, again, that I'm for it, but I just want to get everything on the table because we need real reform. Excuse me. We need real reform. We need reform with the police departments and the police unions, especially here in Minneapolis. But as uh, one of my friends texted me the other day, well, what does that mean? Like if I go to a gopher game, No police, I understand that. But what happens if somebody assaults you or if there's a fight in the crowd or, you know, you're walking home one night? I mean, what who do you call? So we we need to kind of start getting this all figured out here because this is all over the place, man. Um, I'm going to jump out our chat room here and bear with me as I'm going in. I have to use my phone here. Because. Now, when we bring this back to sports, all kinds of stuff popping off. Let's start at the University of Iowa. Kirk, Captain Kirk, may be done. SaturdayTradition.com is a uh, really good college football website that I follow. Dustin Shooty, Shoot or Shooty, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. A little bit of this story here. Former Iowa receiver Daryl Johnson Kalanios, and I hope I did that last name justice, alleges Kirk Ferentz orchestrated police raid that resulted in drug charges a decade ago. And let me just get to the gist of the story here. Um, Johnson Kalanios provided a detailed story of how he was mistreated by Kurt Ferentz during his time with the Hawkeyes. He even accused the coach of orchestrating a police raid on his home in 2010, which resulted in a wide receiver being hit with drug charges. Um, in this article as well, the, the former Iowa receiver goes and out, you know, into allegations that 
Kurt Ferentz was disrespectful to him, his family on senior day, refused to shake his hand, refused to shake his dad's hand. I mean, this is this is just nuts now, all this stuff that's popping out. Now, we already have heard about the strength coach down there who's on administrative leave. So it's now happening. And I'll tell you something, if, if Ferentz falls, who's been there for 20 years, man, you better watch out. But then again, uh, you've heard what these Iowa players have been saying over the past week. It's, again, kind of that shut-up-and-play mentality. They love you when you're scoring the touchdowns and, you know, you're in between the hash line or the sidelines for four quarters or on the court or whatever. But then when you try and go out to dinner, you run in on all kinds of stuff. Or you may run into all kinds of stuff. I, I, I'm not painting people with broad brushes here. But, you know, you're a black kid in Iowa City, Iowa. You know, right smack dab in the middle of the country. Bubba Wallace, only African-American NASCAR driver, put it beautifully in an interview he did earlier today, and he, he wants those Confederate flags gone from NASCAR events. Quote, my next step would be get to get rid of all Confederate flags. And this is very important. No one should feel uncomfortable when they come to a NASCAR race. So it starts with Confederate flags. Get them out of here. Um, we are trying to deliver the message across. Listen and learn, says NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace. I mean, you know, I can just go on and on. I'm, I'm just scrolling through stories. And, you know, people just got to wake up. Because it ain't going back to the way it used to be. And I, I'm glad because it's it's now or never. You know, the Minnesota, the, the real Minnesota governor, Tim Walls, he, the one thing he did have right is, I think this is our one and only shot to get this correct. Um, I got a text here from Jenny in New Brighton, Minnesota. Hey, Vince, love your show. I often listen on demand, but it was actually around. Thought I'd listen live. She sends defund means that um, communities are asking for the same budget priorities um, that other depart or other areas of the budget have. Bear with me. I'm just going scrolling through this text here. So it, it's so she says it's not necessary. It's not necessarily about eliminating the police department just a reallocation of resources i.e money okay we could definitely have that conversation but i am i am not for abolishing a police department let's say again going back to the true colors that you are now seeing from people and it is getting nasty out there because I see people who in one breath, yep, I'm down with you. Next breath, you know, you're, you're, I, I disagree with you. You're wrong. You're stupid. You're this, you're that. Well, for those folks, I don't know what to tell you, man, because it ain't changing. It ain't changing. The funding means allocating money to other resources. Many police have billion-dollar budgets, with, with <clears throat> which encompasses military-like gear, excessive overtime, etc. There have already been successful examples of cities that have rebuilt their police force 
from the ground up into the type of department that better engages and serves the community. There you go. All right. Thank you, ABO. Thanks for the uh, Trey from Barbershop says thanks for the info, er, info ABM. I always thought defunding meant disbanding something entirely. See, there we go. ABM giving us some truth on the sports done right show tonight. All right. So let's have that conversation. Now, moving back into sports a little bit more. Very proud of what I'm seeing. Does Colin Kaepernick get a job? And how do you feel about that? Now, we have said on Sports Done Right, ever since he started taking the knee, that he's better than literally probably 60% of the backups. Actually, take forget what I just said. He is good enough to be on the NFL team over these past few years. Because you've seen some of the recycled garbage that gets backup jobs and in some cases starting jobs. And to not give Colin Kaepernick an, a, a shot at that was well w- criminal in my opinion. So now what happens? Any owners got the cojones to make a call? Give them a shot? Give them a workout, a, a real workout, not something orchestrated by our our new best friend, Roger Goodell, um, last year with that circus down in the ATL. Or is somebody going to actually sit down and say, look, here's the thing. Yeah, he has been removed from the game for four years. But if he comes in, I mean, he looks like he's he's kept himself in shape. He's He's been working out all these years from what we have all heard. You mean to tell me he can't at least get a shot compared to some of these retreads on these NFL teams? I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. So is this the time? Yeah, it's the time. But now let's see what the owners do because you know who's been real silent? The NFL owners. And where are they? You know, we've seen all kinds of ads with the faces of athletes and making the stance and this and that, but no NFL owners to be found. Where are you, Jerry Jones? Where are you, Mr. Ziggy Wolf here in the Twin Cities? Now, they may have released statements, but now it's about action. Okay, we can have all the statements in the world, and we have had for decades upon decades upon decades, right? So now it's about some damn action. We need to see you in action. So NFL owners, we kind of know your mentality, but who's going to be the one? Who's going to be the one that, that offers him a job or gives him the opportunity for a job? Trey says, a lot of silence coming from the NFL owners. This is a bold prediction, but I believe if this Black Lives Matter movement gains more steam... We could be seeing the last of Roger Goodell's commissioner unless ma- unless the masses sees our movement as much lucrative as much lucrative down the line. Thank you. Because here's the thing, and Goodell probably more than happy to go. Remember, he makes over forty million dollars a year in this gig. He's good. He's gonna be fine. But when he releases that video and and says those things. 
I mean, how can you not look at him with the hypocrisy that has gone on with the NFL the past umpteenth years? I mean, people are just tired, man. Tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of of going back and forth with people and having people come with me and then make those broad strokes about me or, or just whatever. And the NFL... We want to see action. League, what, just over 70% black. And we've talked about the head coaching issues, the general manager issues, very little lack of representation in the front office. That is systemic racism. Goes Al Calpanis, for some of you guys, I'm older now, but you know, back in the late 80s, the the president of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Al Campanis, when he went on Nightline with Ted Coppola and said, they don't necessarily have the necessities to be a good manager in Major League Baseball. They. And then he rightfully caught hell. But again, is he the only one? No. And this is back in the 80s. Go keep going back and back and back. NFL and owners are not genuine, so I don't see Cap getting a job even with the trash QB, starters and backups. We see across the NFL. Roger made a statement for optics. That's kind of how I feel because, I'm again, I'm all about action now. I'm all about action. I appreciate your kind words, but what the hell are you going to do now? Because we're watching. You know, people are just fed up when you treat people like shit and and you just keep going with it. This is what happens, man. And athletes are tired. And they have every right to stand up to protest racial injustice. Again, I don't know why that is such a bad thing. I saw one lady, uh, a, a, a friend from high school. You know, I don't really talk to her. You know, your Facebook friends. Hey, we went to high school together. I haven't seen her since. Blah, 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 blah. But she posted something, um, and it was a Marine memorial that was destroyed in, in the riots, in the protest. Now, I, look, I didn't like to see that. I have nothing but the utmost respect for the veterans. I have a lot of veterans in my in my circle, friends of mine, family. So no, I didn't like to see that. But you know what the post said? And I'm paraphrasing because I'm trying to find it here, but for lack of time here. Because of George. That was the caption on... Now, it wasn't my friend's Facebook page, but she reposted something from somebody else. But that was it. And see, that's where we are now. Another post I saw today of a white gentleman who was killed by police as well. And they kind of went down and, and listed the you know what had happened. And at the end, it said, and excuse my French... Zero fucks given. And then a picture of George Floyd, 
blah, you know, with all the stuff written down and the world can't stop caring or something like that. But that's what these people are posting. People who will look at you and say, hey, we're cool. So again, tone deaf. Are you tone deaf? A lot of you are. You got to have a little empathy for people. We can agree to disagree on things. We're, nobody's ever going to probably agree 100%, but damn. You know, when you come in and and drop stuff in, in let's just say, the Two Live Stews chat room. Or Twitter. I mean, Twitter's a cesspool. And I, I have to be on, I'm on there mainly for this podcast, but scroll through your Twitter feed. And then with all that being riled up by the man in charge in Washington, D.C., has doesn't work at bringing folks together, but fans the flames to keep us apart. Because I'm sure he thinks that's politically expedient for him. And he may very well be right. I don't know. But these true colors are coming out for people. And it's tough because a lot of people have issues within their own family that they're finding out. They're having a, a real hard time dealing with people in their own families that they are now finding out who are either racist or just not empathetic. And it's it's a big problem, especially up here, is we have a lot of mixed families in the Twin Cities. You, you know, I've discussed that situation before. So there's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of layers beneath this. Why does it upset white football fans if a player wants to kneel? I thought the fans pay money to watch the game only. They act like kneeling is replacing the entire game because people have been co-opted. You know, an army ranger comes to you and asks you to kneel as opposed to sitting on the bench. An army ranger and Nate, I forgot Nate's last name. I'll, I'll dig it up here. He was on first take this morning. Um, talking about Colin and, and what he did and what he hopes to see. Seems like a good dude. But yeah, I mean, we're here to watch a football game and let's just say a minute to two minutes, however long it takes for that national anthem to be played and and get used to it because, oh, by the way, thank you. Thank you, uh, ABM. Uh, Nate Boyer. Nate Boyer is the... Uh, former Seattle Seahawk who spoke with Colin. But anyway, now look what's going to happen for all you folks that don't like this. You're going to have you th- <laughs> you're going to have half these teams taking knees now at the national anthem. And I've I've had the conversation um, many times with a lot of different people. You guys. Why does that really bother you? Well, it's disrespectful to the military and the service of our veterans. Okay, but it was a veteran, an army ranger who asked him to do it. Now what? Well, is that army ranger not a vet? Is he not as good of a vet now all of a sudden as as someone else? Because he went to Kaepernick and, and asked him to do that? People, we're going to take one quick break here shortly, but you got to realize times have changed now. We are at a a different place 
with a different generation coming of age, looking at things differently. And hey, I, I trust me, I don't agree with it all. But when it comes to, to race and to just wanting to be better, it is, it's amazing me that, that some of these people, the pullback, and they want to claim to be your friends. They claim that they're with you. I'm down for the cause. Well, let's let's listen to a quick snippet of Mr. Muhammad Ali. I haven't been whooped. Now, the the title was taken away from you because you refused to go into the army, and uh, there is a chance that you could go to to jail for this. Oh, I knew that when I stuck up for the Islamic belief, uh, one thousand percent, that I would catch pressures. And many people, religious people in the past, Jesus spent some time in jail, Moses spent some time in jail, uh, Noah, Lot, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad Ali himself, Martin Luther King, all men who stand up for their beliefs in a society where that uh, is not understood or is misrepresented naturally, they suffer punishments, but in the end they're always much greater after they serve the time. You'd rather do this than, for instance, leave the country and live uh, live abroad. Oh, I'll never leave the country. I've had many offers to leave the country to go to other countries to be citizens of their governments. But my people are here. The 22 million people struggle for freedom, justice, and equality. I have the image. I can do a lot to help, in jail or not. If all goes well and uh, and you don't go to jail, I understand you. If I don't you... go to jail, I'll be on my comeback trail. I'll make them scuffle with the shuffle. And <laughs> there you go. Mohammed Ali. But that is also an important point, too, because, you know, you got that, oh, hey, America, love it or leave it crowd. And I'm talking to my black friends right now. You know, as we are, what, we're just a month from July 4th, and July 4th is Independence Day, the the nation's birthday, and we, you know, come together and party and hang out and all this stuff, but for black Americans, that day is just different because of where we are. So, uh, you know, I had a friend that asked me, Again, a white friend said, hey, I've noticed a lot of my black friends just don't seem to have the same patriotism on the fourth. Well, look what's happened over all these years. Yeah, we've made great strides. But then when you're a black father and you have to give your kids instructions on how to survive if they run into the police. I mean, think about that. You know, most people have great interactions with the police, but some police out there make it absolutely terrifying for for folks out there. I was telling some friends last week, I cannot remember the last time I passed a police car. Let's say I'm going north and they're coming south. If they're in a different, you know, coming... I, I can't remember the last time I never checked my rearview mirror. 
Listen to what I'm saying. Every time the police pass me, I'm always checking my rearview mirror. Are they coming back around? Are the cherries popping off all of a sudden? Honestly, you want to be real, we're going to be real. And I'm sure a lot of folks out there have the same experience. Deacon Dell in the house. I want to welcome you to Sports Done Right, my friend. Thank you for popping in. Oh, let me do a couple more acknowledgments as well. Uh, Big Don from Syracuse, New York. I appreciate that, Don. Thank you for checking in here as well. Uh, on Twitter, we have Justin from Duluth, Minnesota popping in here. We also have Ann from Superior, Wisconsin listening. And one more, all the way from Los Angeles, California, my good friend. Thank you, Robert, for listening out there in Los Angeles. I'll be, ch- hey man, I'll text you later on tonight. I meant to hit you back up, but anyway, thank you all for popping in. All right, let's do this. Let's get one break in. I've already been talking for forty minutes here. We're pissed off. Everybody's pissed off. But who really wants to work together? Who wants to stop being tone deaf? And start working for some real reform, some real solutions. We are going to find out. Doc, oh, real quick. ABM says, Gov, you aren't alone in that review mirror check. LL Cool J and Ice-T were on talking about George Floyd and the protests. And they both said they still do the same thing to this day. Um. Trey wants to know if I'm taking calls. Trey, let's do this. I've been having some issues with Skype. I'm going to get Skype up. I'm going to go into my break here. If you want to put your number in the the text, or actually, because I Trey, I got your number, actually. Um, just put a number out there that you want me to try calling, and when we get back from break, I'll try and get you on here. I think I have to actually call out now on Skype. So I think that may be the issue here. So, all right, folks, we will be right back with Sports Done Right. And who knows, maybe we'll have Trey popping in with us as well. I am Vince Wright, Sports Governor. We'll be right back. Brothers, uh, it's enough to make the heart rock smile. Even when the skies were great, you would rub me on my back and say maybe it'll be okay. Now that's real to a brother like me, baby. Never ever get my cootie away and keep it tight, alright? And I'ma walk these doors so we can live in a fat ass crib with thousands of kids. Work life, you don't need a ring to be my wife. Just be there for me and I'ma make sure we be living in the effing lap of luxury. I'm realizing that you didn't have to fuck with me, but you did. Now I'm going all out, kid, and I got mad love to give. 
I gotta love Jones for your body and your skin tone. Five minutes alone, I'm already on the run. Plus, I love the fact you got a mind of your own. No need to shop around, you got the good stuff at home. Even if I'm locked up north, you in the world rocking three fourths of cloth, never showing your stuff or who. It be true, me for you. That's how it is. I be your Noah, you be my words. I'm your mister, you my missus. With hugs and kisses, Valentine cards and birthday wishes. Please, we on another level of planning, of understanding the bond between man and one man and child. The highest elevation, 'cause we above all that romance crap. Just show your love.
votes are in and it's official. He's Minnesota's number one sports color commentator. The people got it right. And now it's time for you to get your sports done right. With the governor of sports talk, the honorable Vince Wright. Now, let's get back to the show. What's going on, everybody? Vince Wright, the sports governor of the state of Minnesota. I am the host of Sports Done Right. It's Tuesday night. That means we're rocking and rolling. Great chat room, as always. Everybody checking in via Twitter, Instagram, listening out there. And all the also for all you folks that listen on demand, because that's really the, how most people catch this show. Great, phenomenal numbers here. Um, over 300 downloads of the last show, if you can believe that. So thank you for listening. And I believe we got the one and only Trey Frazier on the line. Am I correct? Yes, sir. What's going on, man? Hey, what's up, Trey? First off, I'm happy because the whole my Skype and the phone lines have been a big mess the past few weeks, so... It it's really is divine intervention that it's working. And my main man, Trey, uh, is the first call we've had live in a long time. So uh, first off, man, with everything going on, how you doing? Uh, i tell you what, man. It, it's been a wild 2020. I, I oh. can tell you that much, man. It, it's Ooh. been wild. Um, I'm not even sure what the top three, you know, stories of the year are so far. I mean, between... Right. Kobe Bryant's death between, you know, what's going on with the pandemic, with stopping, <laughs> and then now we got, um, you know, what happened with George Floyd and, you know, rest in peace to, you know, him and Breonna uh, Taylor yeah. and Ahmaud Arbery and, you know, just a long, long list. And, and it's too damn long. It's too oh. damn long of a list of fallen black people um, victimized by police brutality. It's just too damn long of a list. You know, oh, just absolutely. to, you know, name and name. And that's the, and those are just the ones we know about. I mean, think about going back throughout right. all of history, but, you know, we'll get to that. But Trey, my man, first off, Trey is half of the uh, phenomenal barbershop sports show. Um, and that's what I like about your show. I mean, it's honestly, it's like I'm getting faded up at the barbershop. So I love listening to you and Maestro. Um, if I can't catch it live, because we do kind of intersect time-wise on most days, I always listen on demand. Right. And I, first off, I just wanted you to know how much I appreciate you. I, thanks for reaching out to me um, a few weeks back. And always all my best for, to to you guys over there at the barbershop, man. Love that show. Oh, man. Thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. And uh, definitely shout out to you and Angie and the kids. And, Thank you, sir. You know, I... You know, I, I, I remember my trip, um, me and me and my wife took up to your city a few years back. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I when we got to the airport, we rented a car. And one of the, on one of the days that we were there, it might have been the day after um, you and I did the show. Mm-hmm. Um, we we, we kind of drove around the city, man. Um, That's right. Yeah, I remember you saying that. Yeah, we, we kind of drove around the city. We You know, we were looking for that Jamaican restaurant that right. um, yes, unfortunately right, yeah. was closed right. on that particular day. Um, but, we you know, we rode all through the south side and, you know, on the other side of the river over by um, where your university is at. And then we, right. you know, yes, drove, yep. to, drove to St. Paul and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of circled back around to the airport. You know, it was, it was that time to, you know, head back home. 
Sure. Man, I got to tell you, um, Minneapolis, I, I would come back and visit. I, I would certainly come back and visit, Good. you know, one of these days. Um, of course, I would do it in the summer. <laughs> yeah. um, not, 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 that I was, not that I was complaining when we were there. No, I believe it was October of that year, a right, few years yep. ago. And, and the weather was still pretty good. It was like in the 40s, 50s kind of a, you know, weather, right, which I was yeah. kind of surprised about. But um, it, it, it kind of hurt to see your city go through what it's going through um, with George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the people that came and kind of destroyed the community. Right. Um, you know, aside from, you know, people who were legitimately protesting Black Lives Matter and, you know, putting the movement out there, you had a lot of people that, you know, just were up to no good. Yeah, and, um, man, I, 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 I thought you guys, you know, took the brunt of that, um, you know, not, not so well. Just, you know, in, in terms of the community, in terms of right. um, trying to, you know, keep everything, you know, stable. And, you know, other cities, you know, took suit. You know, my, my hometown in New York um, was just not in a good place. I mean, my, my my dad lives in the Bronx, and he said the stores on his block got looted like like crazy. Oh, and, um, you know, in here in, in, in here in Baltimore, where I live at, um, I got to tell you, Baltimore probably, of, of all the cities that have protested, Baltimore really stood out. And, and it's unfortunate because it didn't get a lot of national media coverage and i think it's because nobody really you know looted or rioted here in baltimore but you had a lot of young youth groups come out in droves and really took the stance of leadership and really you know marched to the beat you know what i mean like they really made sure the message was clear um they you know you had young boys in there showing some leadership you know trying to keep you know, folks separated from the police and to not, you know, Trey, jumpstart I, anything. And make I didn't, it, you I know, didn't mean make, to interrupt you, but I, I just wanted to piggyback on what you just said, because I'll be honest with you. I was one of these ones and I had, you know, jokes about millennials and these young kids and blah, blah, blah. But right. you're right, man. I, I, I was impressed by a lot of these young folks because when it comes to, and, and dealing with race in particular, the younger generation is just, ahead of the game. So I do they have, I, I have hope for, for the future, but I, w- I was very impressed by a lot of the, the young folks up here that organized and, and a little known story, a lot of young folks who organized to get the protesters off the street up here at eight o'clock when that curfew went into effect, trying right. again to help the, the establishment you know, I think that was kind of the governor's intent up here was to say, hey, look, if you're a peaceful protester, be off the streets at eight o'clock. So we kind of know who we're dealing with after eight o'clock. Mm. And a lot of okay. these people, they may not have kind of came out and said that, but they really led the effort in terms of peaceful protest. Um, mm-hmm. Angie's cousin, Angie has a cousin. He's a clothing designer. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was posting, he was right there on the bridge. He was about 40 feet away from that truck that came barreling down. But the one right. thing that in all the videos that he posted that I noticed, peaceful protests from these kids. Man, that it, it's, it's beautiful to see that. It, it's really 
awesome that um, at least in the last few days, you, you got to see a lot of things. I mean, down in D.C., um, they wrote Black Lives Matter in the middle of the street leading up to the White House, yeah, which yeah. was awesome on the mayor's part. Um, you, you, you're seeing a lot of, I mean, you're seeing a lot of people come out and, you know, in support of this. And I'm just talking about anybody. I'm just talking about, um, you know, young white individuals, um, you know, marching with us. I mean, I think that's the key to any protest and to any sort of, any sort of way or opportunity to get some of these laws, um, changed, you know, so that, you know, we're, we're, we're treated as equals so that we can at least have more opportunities at, you know, when it comes to jobs, uh, real estate, financial right. aid, um, that kind of a thing, you know, and, and I, I heard you talk about the NFL, um, you know, earlier. Um, I, I wonder what the end game is because, you know, as I put in the chat, um, I, the, the owners are silent and it's going to get to a point where someone is going to have to say something because yeah. you got these black you got these black quarterbacks, and you know I said it earlier on the show. The top ten of the top ten quarterbacks in the league right now, at least half of them are black, and so yeah. you got you know the best in the game, which is Mahomes, leading that charge. And you saw in that commercial. Right. So, so what? Yeah. So what? 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 What are the owners going to do now? Are, are Are they going to Are they going to turn their backs? on what Goodell said, even though, you know, I, I kind of feel like it's not genuine at the moment. Um, Mm -hmm. not that I think it'll change, but I, I I think what's, I think what's going to have to happen for me to have a, a change on how the NFL feels about, um, equality and opportunities for African-Americans is that they got to put more black people in the front office. There's got to be GMs, it's got to be um, more NFL black scouts. It's, it's, they, they're going to have to they're going to have to diversify more when it comes to the front office, um, and and they're going to have to give black quarterbacks opportunities. They're going to have to give. They can't just cut the cord when you know they have one bad season, i.e., Jameis Winston. Not that you know right. he's out of the league. Yes. Yeah. Not that not that he's out of the league. But the man's on a one-year, $1 million deal after leading the league in passing yards after being number two in uh, touchdown passes. And and that's the other thing. Like Cam Newton. Where's Cam Newton at? I mean, you know, MVP, Super Bowl caliber quarterback. I get it. You know, I'm not a big fan of his fashion sense either. But Mm -hmm. he can't be on a team somewhere. And and Carolina did him wrong. I mean, by you know waiting around to finally release him. But yeah, yeah I mean, I totally certain. agree with you. It is it's it's amazing, Trey. It is. It it, it really is. So so, what do you think, man? Um, I, I would say by the time the season starts, what, what do you what do you foresee happening in terms of how the owners respond to this? The million dollar question. I, I think. You'll have a bulk of them that are just, they're older, you know, and then we, and it's just hard to change them ways when you've been like that forever. But Mm -hmm. I think you will see a group of owners starting to realize the potential here 
and and to work with their fellow employees instead of thinking them as just literally you know it's almost kind of, and i hate bringing this up but it's a slave mm-hmm. mentality because of the way that the nfl player is just so indispensable right you know you, you yep. get released on the drop of a dime traded sent here sent over there families contracts not guaranteed in the cotton that's yep the contracts are not guaranteed so you know if i'll say this if, if there's owners out there who are smart and realize that we are just at a changing point in history and you don't want to look back and be on the wrong side of history, um, you know, as uh, T from Huntsville, my main man would say, jump on the train, man, and, and get going here. Because yeah. there are so many opportunities. Um, you know, they're scared, but think of an owner right now. If somebody came out in the next couple of weeks said, hey, we signed Colin Kaepernick. We're giving him a shot. He may not be right. our starter, but we're going to give him a fair shot. That team is going to sell more jerseys, more merchandise, just for yep. the goodwill effort right there. Yep, yep. And I still think you'll have folks that, um, and, and when I say folks, I mean white people. I, I still think you'll have white people that don't like Kaepernick still. Yeah. I think you'll have the people that, we want to give away their PSLs or they, you know, they're not oh, going to sure, get season yeah. tickets. Yep. You'll, 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 you'll have some of that. Um, but I, but I just thought about this and I'll, I'll kind of use this as a comparison to, you know, NFL owners. So, um, so years ago, my grandfather had a floor covering business um, in Brooklyn and there was a point in time where he got so old that, um, he was unable to adapt to the changes sure. that were taking place around him. So um, he ended up, you know, needless to say, he ended up selling the business. However, I've seen owners in similar situations like that, even in mom and pop shops, where they have a family, a younger generation of family mm-hmm. that's responsible, um, more into the times. And they'll pass on the business down to their kids or, you know, their cousins or whatever. I could see a situation in the NFL to where maybe some of these owners look at the situation and say, you know what, I I, I just can't adapt to it, but maybe my son or my daughter or, you know, their mother, maybe they can take the charge here. And, you know, take over the business and maybe adapt to what's going on. I could see something like that happening. Um, oh. Obviously not this year, but in the next, within the next five to ten years, I could, I could see that happening. Oh, totally. I mean, young people, I, and I, again, I, you know, I got to step up to the plate, too. We were, I don't think we're giving these young people enough credit on exactly what they will accomplish and, and what they're trying to accomplish here. I mean, even in in my little suburb of Woodbury, um, there was a Black Lives Matter march that was sparked by young folks last year, last week, students. Just right. wanted to say, hey, we ain't out here to cause trouble, but we definitely want you to know, and, and you know, literally half black, half white, want you to know that we're here and we're not going anywhere but at the same time, we, we are going to demand justice and we are going to start demanding fair treatment here because, you know, everywhere you go, you can find some issues. Of course. 
So now it's just like, what do we do to fix it? And for the people who don't want to fix it, Trey, they got to get out the way. They're going to go kicking and screaming, but they got to get out the way. That, that, that is true. That is true. What they say, you can't, uh, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, right? Yep. Right. Exactly. So real quick, Trey, uh, on the sports tip here, what's going on with them Baltimore Ravens? Man, <laughs> I, I wish I could, I could, I wish I could give you like the real, the real, but, um, this whole pandemic is just really taking my mind away from mm-hmm. almost sports period. I mean, oh, totally understand. I mean, it, it, it's bad enough that, you know, there's no sports, there's no live sports on TV and it hasn't been for the last three months, but, um, you know, even leading up to the NFL draft, um, at that point, I had no idea who was, you know, coming out or who was right. going to be good or, you know, and all that stuff. All I know is that my squad is back. Um, we didn't lose much. We got Matt Judon on a tag. We're, we're going to give him a new deal. Okay. Um, we, we really we really didn't lose anybody of importance, maybe with the exception of Yonder retiring, who was a rock on that offensive line for us. Um, but other than that, um, there's really not much changes to the team. Um, I, we're going for it all this coming year. Oh, yeah. um, I would like to see. I would like to see um, stadiums packed if this pandemic would, you know, allow us to, you know, and and uh, and just so I could touch on a pandemic for a second. Oh, um, please do go ahead, man. All, Open mic. All, all the all these all these crowds. In, in every every one of these cities in this country, um, the coronavirus is kind of taking its back seat, right? It's almost as if we forgot that we had to practice social distancing. <laughs> right, yeah. I think, I, I personally think that, and, and, and especially the NFL owners, but I think every sports league is kind of looking at this, you know, with a, a, a positive eye maybe with the exception of baseball, because baseball's got some issues right now. Oh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I think in particular the NFL owners, they look at every one of these rallies, and they're looking at thousands of people and crowds close to each other, some of them wearing masks, being mm-hmm. responsible, some of them just not giving a damn and just right. going out there without the mask. These owners are looking at this like, yo, we can have, we can have full-packed stadiums come September. I really think they're thinking that after just looking at what we're witnessing in the last uh, week or so. Right. What do you think about that? I totally agree because I just, I posted something and again, I having some issues with my computer. So I'm using my phone on sports done right earlier. The university of Mississippi fully anticipates full 100% capacity crowds for games this fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that. And I, and I know the, Dolphins owner said something similar to where mm-hmm. he thinks they're going to have, um, you know, packed stadiums this fall. I think and, what they're and, betting and, on, Trey, is uh-huh. that people are just so tired of being cooped up now. Right. And and with the stress of the, of the George Floyd murder and everything yep. that that's now brought on, that people are just literally ready to go. You know, they're just like, look, I'm done. I don't want to be at home anymore. Um, you know, you'll have people that argue stats saying, look, most of this has been kind of contained to these, the old folks homes and people of a certain age and, and, and folks with, you know, um, 
compromised the immune systems. Is. Right, yeah, yeah. Yep. But for the yep. most part, everybody else has been fine. So, yeah, let's go to that football game. Let's go to that soccer game, whatever it's going to be. And, you know, I mean, hey, I'm a gopher season ticket holder. You see all my pictures and stuff. I mean, right. is yeah, it's, it's I'm not going to say I won't be there, but it, you got to think about it still because the one scary thing about that coronavirus, it did mm-hmm. seem to kind of affect people just totally different. You know, you know, I mean, there are kids, not many, but there were kids that have died from coronavirus. Yes, my you cousin know, so, passed away from coronavirus. Oh, also, man, so. I, man, I'm sorry to hear that. So that's so, kind of my thing, it, you know, being mm-hmm. like, hey, say I have it, but I'm asymptomatic. So I don't right. you know, I, I feel fine. But then I go over to my parents and, you know, a little cough or a little something. Now they get it and they're wiped out within two weeks. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. that's what I still kind of worry about. But man, yeah, I think people are just so pent up, Trey, that they're just ready to go. And if if it's not capacity crowds, it'll be damn near capacity crowds, I think. Right. And and here's the other thing to consider also when it when it comes to how many people were out protesting. You combine I mean, there's still people unemployed. There's right. still about forty million claims of unemployment that were filed. There's people that are still trying to get their money that they haven't been paid yet from unemployment. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, there were people having problems um, filing the actual claims. So you combine that with job loss, with health concerns, with people that um, had to social distance from their loved ones and the anxiety of possibly not, you know, giving them a hug ever again, combined with what happened with George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and right. um, Breonna Taylor. I mean, y- you combine all that into just one big meteor and it, it, it was going to explode at some point. And I think what happened to George Floyd, it, it just finally exploded in, in everything. Right. I totally agree because also too, you know, thank God for cell phones. Oh you know, yeah. The initial police report up here, made no mention of any cop being nowhere near his neck. Right. Until that video right. came out. So yeah, yeah that's man. Coming from justice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that and that, see that's the thing too because now as we, you know, transition kind of back to quote unquote normal life, you know, that's the thing. Let's just keep these memories alive, keep fighting for justice, keep yep. fighting the the people that are against us and mm-hmm. I, I i really hope we are at that turning point finally i mean every you know most people i should say not everybody most people are saying the right things but it's all about action it's about action at this point yep yep, yep. it's about action and and, Trey, and shout out and shout oh, out to your university for um you know taking that stand and uh yeah. ending that relationship with the police department that was pretty big on their part it really was, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk and then we've talked in the chat and then, you know, ABM setting us straight on defunding the police and what that actually means. So we'll have that conversation. Yep. And, you know, I mean, look, man, we all know there's, there's good cops out there, but it's, it's, you know, like Chris Rock said in that joke, you know, oh, there's a couple bad apples. Well, there's some professions where you can't have bad apples. That's true. You just can't do it. That is true. 
So, yeah. hey, real quick before I let you go, Trey, and again, we got Trey Frazier on with us. Now, you're in Baltimore. My first professional autograph, one of my favorite baseball players ever, Eddie Murray. Mm-hmm. We know that the Orioles have really just been floundering for the most part. Then, you know, a couple good seasons here and there, but... What is the vibe? Yeah, they had a they had a good run from 2012 to 2016. They had a, they had a pretty good run. Yeah, yeah. So what is the vibe? You know, if if all this stuff wasn't happening, let's say baseball, you know, obviously historically Baltimore is a baseball city and and you know, filled with history, but just with yep. average sports fans, man, what's the vibe for Baltimore Oriole baseball? And what do the fans want to see happen out there? I mean, we know you want to win and win World Series and all that, but just kind of the the vibe on the street for a regular Orioles fan. Well, keep in mind, you're talking to a Yankees fan. I, well, so that's what I was just going to say, too. Yeah, Trey is from New York, so he's a Yankee fan. So keep that in mind. So so anything you ask me Orioles-related, I'm, I'm going to find every way to bash the Orioles. But nah, <laughs> at, at, least, at, least, at least they're not the Red Sox. I mean, if you ask right, me about the Red Sox, right. I'm going to bash them every chance I get. Yes. And you, you could throw the Astros on that list also with their cheating ass. Right, but, yeah, yeah. Um, but but as far as with the Orioles, I, I just think people, and I you know I talk to people at the office, they're big-time Orioles fans. Sure. Um, the expectation on their part is that this is just going to be another season to kind of figure out, okay, who's good, who has potential, who can we keep on the roster, who can we trade um, come the deadline and what to look forward to the following year. I, I, I think this is a rebuilding process for this team. I think next year, um, maybe the last year for that. I think after that, then they're going to start to really seriously think about contending. But I think for now, they're just trying to see who's good and who's not. And then with Washington, obviously winning the world series, you know, 35 miles down the road, I mean, yep. that's that's why I wanted to bring it up too. Like, kind of, are are the Orioles as an organization finally like, hey, we're feeling the heat? And now the Nationals actually won a chip, so we right. got to get going here, or else people are just going to be making the drive down the Nationals Park to watch baseball games. And and Gov, in addition to that, let's remember the ownership of the Orioles owns the Mid Atlantic Sports Network, which okay. also okay. airs not just Oriole games. They air the Nationals games, oh, if wow. you remember, okay. years ago. Yeah, so just a kind of quick story here. Um, when the league wanted to move to Expos, they looked at Washington as a good market to have it. Um, the Orioles tried to fight against it. Um, the league said, no, we want a team in D.C. Um, right. Orioles ownership says, okay, if you do this, you're going to have to um, – allow us to make a certain percentage of revenue from that particular team, whoever comes here. So that's the whole issue. And I, and I advise you to kind of Google it and, you know, search it. Mm -hmm. But um, the nationals have sort of been, you know, tied to this agreement and that they've been kind of trying to get out of, you know, for so many years now, I mean, it's been about 14 years since um, the Nats have been in DC. So they're still, sort of contractually obligated to um, have their games aired on this network that the Orioles own. So <laughs> that that's the, so that's the, yeah. So that's the interesting part about that too. But yeah, you're right. Um, I think with the Nets winning the world series, I think it puts 
pressure on the Orioles to really, you know, make something happen because now, you know, because look, look, let's face it, this, you know, DC has been without baseball for a long, long, long time. Well, and, since they you know, left for Minnesota, ironically, the Senators right, became right. the Minnesota Twins. Right. So, you know, this was Orioles country until, you know, the Nats came. And, you know, the Nats weren't very good early on. But right, then yeah. they got Bryce and then all of a sudden they got good. They got good pitching. And, you know, eventually they, they go on and win the World Series. And now the Orioles are like, wow, like, okay, now they're probably going to be – you know, taking some of our fan base away from us, you know. And and it's funny because in football, it's sort of the opposite. You know, the Redskins have owned this area, you know, because Baltimore's been without football for about 12 years after the Colts left. Then the Ravens come in, they win a couple Super Bowls, and now, you know, you got Redskins fans rooting for the Ravens. So right, it, it's yeah. kind of flip opposite. It, it, it's funny how, you know, things kind of shape out that way. Well, it's funny because Deacon Dell in the chat room, I don't know if you saw, he's like the Orioles or Trey, Orioles in no position to win for years. And I think that unfortunately may be true because I want to give you the opportunity before I let you go to speak on your New York Yankees. And again, kind of pre-pandemic, what were you what were you feeling for your Yankees this year? Was this their year to make that move and get back into the World Series in your opinion? Uh, it was going to be World Series or bust for me. Um, you can't, you can't not just go get the other team's best pitcher that beats you in the playoffs, have them on your roster, send them out and not win the world series. And on top of that, the suspensions that they suffered, the Astros I'm talking about, um, they got the manager fired. They got a couple other people fired, um, with the Red Sox, you know, they suffered some losses. To me, if the Yankees don't win the World Series this year, it was going to be an utter disappointment. Like I, I would, I would be flipping tables and you know setting stuff on fire if they you know win the chip this year. Now, because of the pandemic and because owners and players are fighting over money, I'm at the point in this part of the year where it's just like, look, if if y'all don't have baseball, then you know. Screw it! I, I I don't care. Like y'all can yeah. y'all y'all want y'all want to fight over money when you got forty thousand forty million people, you know, unemployed right now. Like I'm 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 not really you know I'm I'm not really for that. If y'all get a season going, then cool. But if this is gonna be an issue, I'll just see y'all in twenty twenty one. And and maybe that benefits the Yankees from a sense that during training camp we started getting some injuries that I thought would linger early on in the season. Aaron Judge has yeah. um has something going on. I can't remember what, but he, you know, Aaron Judge is not 100%. Uh he's one of our best players. Um a couple of our pitchers had some injuries and so maybe this pandemic was sort of a blessing in disguise where these guys could rest. But now that they're, you know, trying to negotiate, you know, how many games they could play this season, how much money, what you know, what kind of cut they should get. It, 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 it's just it, it, baseball doesn't look good right now, and I and it, it's looking more likely that they will not have a season. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. I mean, like you said, people hurting people out of work, and you know, 
I mean, you know, I, I get it in the sense it's like, hey, look, we're putting, in a sense, our lives on the line by going back to our job and, and trying to provide this service to you. But at the same time, to be haggling over some of this money, um, you know, I'm going to make $3 million instead of $5 million or or whatever the case is. And I realize some people have bigger discrepancies than that, but I think you hit it on the head, Trey. Um, it's yeah. It's about the look of it all, and the look just stinks. It does. It does. They got to get the act together, man. Yep. And let me say what up real quick. We got the greatest from South Central in here. Uh, appreciate you popping in, bro. Uh, Deacon Dell says this, Trey. Uh, MLB about to make a huge mistake. Wrong time to seem greedy when the world is hurting. That's how everybody feels. You said it. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, hey, man, tell the folks where they can find you. Tell them about your awesome show. And folks, we'll get Trey back in. And Trey, thank you. Um, I appreciate the nice words about the city. Um, you know, even before this, you know, because these winters suck up here, we, we take a lot of heat for living up here, but, um, you know, when it's warm, it's, it's a beautiful place to be and we're going to get it right up here. We're going to get it back. And, uh, I can't wait because I know Angie wants to come actually out your way and, uh, she needs you to show, to show her a, where to get some good crab cakes and to get some good lobster. Well, I tell you what, I don't know if you saw my social media post on uh, Facebook and Instagram over the weekend, but there was a crab house. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There there was a a local crab house here in the area where the ownership was posting racial comments on Facebook. Yes. Yeah. For about a for about a five year, six year stretch. And finally, the black community caught wind of it. And they were out in the parking lots, in the streets, in that shopping center. They were protesting this guy, and rightfully so, man. I mean, you, you know, for folks that don't uh, know what I'm talking about, just you can go to my Instagram at Trey Frazier, or you can just, you know, if you, you know, friends with me on Facebook, you could just hit up my Facebook page, and, and you'll see what I posted. I, I posted videos of this young lady's speech, who's also a local business owner that used to um, patronize that crab house's business. And she just basically said that she's no longer going to tolerate, you know, the disrespect towards the same people that feed you. So uh, right, I want y'all to check right. that out. But I, but I appreciate you having me on, man. Um, oh, make sure thanks got... for reaching out, brother. Oh, no problem, man. You can check me out in Maestro Styles every Tuesday live, 7 o'clock Eastern time. The Barbershop Sports Talk Podcast, uh, live on barbershopsportstalkpodcast.com. Also, if you got the Spreaker app, you can check out the chat room there as well. And we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, we got a YouTube channel as well. So you know, make sure y'all check us out. Hey, Trey, I appreciate it, brother. Thank you for popping in here. And, you know, I'm just glad the phones are working because now we can have great guests like you back up on here. So enjoy the evening. Give my best to the wonderful family of yours, man. And looking forward to talking to you soon. All right, man. Appreciate it. Glad I could jumpstart the phone lines back. (laughs) Thank you, brother. All right. Take care, my friend. All right, bro. Peace. Okay, peace. Oh, the one and only Trey Frazier. The one and only popping in here and wait a minute is my phone line trying to ring here no 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 it can't what 
I'm getting a call from the White House. He wants to talk to who? Apparently, uh, <laughs> now nah, I don't want to talk to him tonight. Donald Trump trying to get through on the phone lines here. Um, I don't know if I'm in the right frame of mind to talk to him tonight. Maybe next week. But anyway, Deacon Dell in here. Um, do close the shop down for eight days due to protest. Oh, also says Vince's. I love that name. Vince's Crab House, Middle River. Your World Goat. Doc Bell, the ABM, make sure. And again, all these guys, were, we've all come through the podcasting world. That's how all of us have met. That is how I've gotten to meet people outside, um, you know, um, Mike and Eden Prairie and, and all these other people, even through Twitter and stuff. Some social media leads to some good things. I will say that. Trump loves the black vote. Trump, what do you have to lose? <laughs> Shaking by head. <laughs> he, wait a minute. The White House is calling back? Oh, oh, no, no, no. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. What do you need, sir? I will be the greatest president that God ever created. Well, who said? Well, hold on. First off, the, how did you get my number, Prez? And, and why would you even think some bullshiggity like that? Look, I'm really rich. I don't care. Nobody cares how rich you are. Open up them tax files. Let us know that. I will build a great, great Mr. President, we've heard the only okay. No, they won't, because Mr. President, the only wall you've gotten built is around the White House. So we're going to end this call right now. You can call back next week. We'll deal with you then. All right, folks. I want to thank everyone for popping in here. Whether you came live in the chat, that'd be my main man, Doc Bell, Illinois basketball legend. The Angry Black Man, Deacon Dell, Mike from Eden Prairie. Um, again, Sarah in Minneapolis. Um, we got um, Roseanne. Uh, Roseanne from I. Are you that Roseanne from Iowa? Uh, from LeClaire, Iowa, on the line here. Um, Deacon Dell, Trey for joining us and again getting our phone lines rejuvenated. Big Ben, host of the BS3 radio show. Man, lots to talk about lots to keep going and and keep this movement alive Um, we will be talking more sports next week hopefully nothing gargantuan happens 2020 has been a hell of a year so you literally take it minute to minute hour to hour day to day but you know like when trey when he said kobe died totally forgot kobe died in that helicopter crash all kinds of nonsense in 2020 thank you for listening Thank you guys for the dialogue. I know this is not an easy dialogue for people out there, but it's a dialogue we gots to have. And we will continue to have it here on Sports Done Right. Um, lining up some interviews here. We're going to get back, talk some Vikings here next week, hopefully. We've got some special guests we're trying to work on there. Um, again, baseball, screwing it all up. And they're going to be forgotten about again. And like we said, the University of Mississippi is anticipating having full crowds. We're going to explore college football a little bit, not so much just the teams and where they think we'll finish. 
If we see college football, what might that look like? Thank you very much. ABM, appreciate you, my man. Great show, Govy says. Um, Sarah says the same thing. Big Mike, always on our side. Mike, I'll see you for a beer in the next couple weeks. Everybody, Sports Done Right comes to you from, and I'm, I'm going to say it because we're going to get it back. The great state of Minnesota, the great city of Minneapolis, the great area of Minneapolis and St. Paul. We're going to write it continue to seek justice and continue to fight against injustice. And when it comes to sports, this is your favorite Minnesota sports podcast. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor of the state of Minnesota. Keep cool, stay safe, and we will talk to you next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to Sports Done Right with your host, the governor of Minnesota Sports Talk, the Honorable Vince Wright. Check out Sports Done Right every Tuesday night. And when it's over, stay up on all of the breaking sports news and commentary by joining the Sports Done Right Facebook group. Let your voice be heard and join the conversation right now. You finally got it right with Sports Done Right. One last thing, and this goes out to all my homies and friends down in Chicago because they wanted me to do it tonight. Ten years ago tonight, the Chicago Blackhawks beat the Philadelphia Flyers to capture their first, quote-unquote, modern Stanley Cup. So Johnny Taze, Patrick Kane, the Craw, Joey Crawford, and my main man back then on that team, Dustin Bufflin. This goes out to the city of Chicago for all the peeps on the north, south, east, west, south side, Inglewood. Everybody, when I was growing up at Leon's Barbecue, nothing like Sweet Home Chicago. And we'll end the show with this. The Blues Brothers. Same old